Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Connect Online meeting. Very good to be with you tonight, of course. Uh, my name is Jonathan Jenkins, here with you on this May 27th, and we are looking forward to uh, wrapping up another outstanding week uh, here on Digital Bible Study. Uh, my partner here is, well, my partner's not here. He's he, my traveling preacher friend, is gone again. I believe he's in Texas this time. Um, I think he'll be back with us next week. Uh, we'll see, but... Um, uh, we are off Monday. Let me go ahead and get that out because it is Memorial Day and we're taking the whole day off. So no, no connect on Monday night. I'll try to remember to say that on the uh, exit as well. Uh, but uh, so hopefully we'll have him back here before too long and find out all the things going on in his life. Uh, tonight, though, we are going to be joined by uh, Brother Sean Evans, a good friend of the program, and we'll get to Brother Sean here in just a moment. Um, but as we get this, get this thing fired up tonight, please take a second and make sure that you are Subscribed to all of our social media platforms. The links to uh, uh, our profiles are on each of those different platforms is contained in either the video uh, stream or the uh, audio podcast that you are uh, partaking of uh, right now. Um, and and that is the case. We are currently on Facebook, YouTube, and our audio stream is going across Podbean at the moment. So if you are in, on any of those, we would certainly appreciate it if you would um, take a look at the um, um uh, links there and make sure you are a part of us every, as as you can be. If you want to support Digital Bible Study, a couple of different ways you can do that. You can do that with the stars and the super chats and all the, the nightly things that you can do and that so many of you make use of, and we thank you for it. Uh, if you want to be a recurring supporter, uh, for now, the best way to do that is to subscribe uh, over at our website, and you can do that for as little as $5 a month. We say that most nights, and we do appreciate that so many of you have chosen uh, to help keep Digital Bible Study running, and we thank you uh, Thank you very much for it again. Um, we always try to end our evenings with a word of prayer together. Uh, we think that's fitting and appropriate and just a, a good thing to do uh, as our uh, community gathers here night after night. So if you have a uh, prayer request that you would like us to consider th throughout the evening, uh, whether that be something of uh, thanksgiving to, get to give to God or uh, just uh, something going on in your life or the life of somebody you know, we'd be glad to uh, lift all of those requests up before God before we dismiss for the evening. So. Having said all that, um, let's see what we have uh, going on with Brother Sean. It is always good to see you. Uh, I went with the T-shirt tonight, and you went with the suit with the vest. And that's we are almost we are almost identical here, man. It, it's <laughs> uh, but hey, man, it is so good to have you back here. It's been I think it's been back back before the first of the year since we had you on last. Uh, but. Yes, sir. Uh, our oversight. Good to have you back here, man. I always encourage you to see you, be around you a little bit. Uh, how things been going for you? Uh, your work, your work, your family. How things going, brother? Outstanding so far, man. The work at the church is going well. Uh, that's a hard working congregation, man. So I'm honored to be amongst them and the stuff that they're putting together. Matter of fact, we're gonna be feeding the neighborhood, giving out clothes on tomorrow, ten to two. Uh, no, ten to yeah, ten to two. Uh, we've been doing that. The children' home is coming over, so we've been spending time with some of the orphanages coming over. So. Uh, it's been it's been going really well, brother. I, I've truly been blessed, truly been blessed with the work. Uh, excited, still in school, working on my master's, and so that's a slow process. <laughs> that's a slow process. And with everything that's going on is hard, brother. So, but I'm honored just to be you know, be a spokesperson for the Lord and the servant. So, good deal. What congregation are you at, still? Tylertown Church of Christ in Tylertown, Mississippi, the beautiful city of Tylertown. Beautiful city. I've never been to Tyler Town, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't look don't look for too many street lights. We only have a two now. <laughs> oh, well, you got all the way up to two now, huh? 
<laughs> well, I preached in Mississippi for five years, just not not in that neck of the woods. So yeah. I was over I was over in Batesville for a while. Oh, no, 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 intimately. Yep. Well, yeah. I was there for five years and three months. That's how well I know it. <laughs> yeah. All right, yes, Deb. Sir. Yes, this is what this is. She's that's the second time she's commented on my, this is the actual color of my hair, Deb. Yes, it is actually that white. There's no product. <laughs> when I put any kind of product in it, it dulls it. This is, this is completely untreated. And that's the color it comes out is it's just white when I leave it alone, particularly under the lights <laughs> and the white t-shirts probably going right along with it to help everything just be yes. bright tonight. So, uh, but yes, Deb, thank you. I see that. Um, <laughs> yeah, got to point that out. Got to point that out. <laughs> oh, man, is your family doing okay? Man, family's doing well. Everybody's doing well. My wife is doing well. Everybody is, uh, is a healthy brother, and uh, we're trying to get on the battlefield. So uh, working with my son on some things uh, as he working with the children's home and working with the young kids. So I'm excited about some of the work that he's doing. Uh, trying to get, uh, we had several baptisms at the children's home. So we're excited, brother, with the work that's going on there too. So, uh, but everybody's doing well. Man. We, we, we are truly blessed. Good to be working with family. Good to be able to do spiritual work with your son. That's got to be a really encouraging thing there, man. Good. That's congratulations right. on that. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah, man, um, man, I have my brother over from Guyana. So one of uh, my brothers from Guyana is here. We uh, picked him up yesterday. So I did a 13 hour drive yesterday. <laughs> around six and a half hours one way six and a half hours back and so we got him here with us and so he's going to preach for me sunday and he's going to are, are there are there no airports closer than that to downtown <laughs> mississippi yeah, so, uh, so i'm excited to have him here with me man we're going to spend some time with him and uh just just good fellowship okay well sounds like you got everything just ticking along for you man glad to hear it good, good glad to hear about the update man uh uh, your title tonight, if I'm not mistaken, was "Does being right make you righteous?" Is that, is that about right? Does being right make you righteous. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, well, you got a book or a chat passage or something we can open our Bibles to to get started. Yes, or something like we're that. Gonna, we're gonna be in First Peter chapter one, verses thirteen. But I'm gonna use probably First Peter one, two, and three. I'm gonna probably use all three of those chapters. But we'll, we'll probably start at verse number twenty-two in First Peter chapter one starting and then i'm gonna work our way backwards a little bit and try to build a good foundation hopefully for everyone all right well everybody grab your bibles turn them open to first peter chapter one we are looking forward to it brother room's yours so go ahead yes. and start preaching uh whenever you are ready amen family I'd like to say good evening everyone hope everyone is doing well um we're gonna look at the book of first peter on tonight and hopefully uh my my goal is to 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 try to encourage some of you all uh to be better at, be, at doing what we do as christians and displaying better love and allowing Christ to be seen in us as well. And Peter, First uh, Peter is a magnificent book. If you haven't read that book, take the time to break down the book of Peter. If I was to give a theme for this book, a theme for the book of Peter, it is God want, wants uh, his children to be in submission. God wants his children to be in submission. When you look at First Peter, what is going on right here? Well, the church or the brethren and our sisters have been scattered. Uh, they are scattered in Pontus. They are, they are scattered in, in Cappadocia. They are scattered in Bithynia. They are scattered in Asia. Uh, and so Peter is writing to them because so many of them have been persecuted. Some may have lost loved ones, but God still wants us to be submissive. 
Uh, and he wants us to be righteous, not just right. So many things that we do in the church when it comes to family members of the Lord, we do what's right, but oftentimes we're not righteous. And I want to, I want us to lay down the book of first Peter, like we've never done before, but you all can see this with your eyes. And after tonight, we make sure that when, when we, uh, when we conduct ourselves as children of God, we're not trying to be, just be right. We want to be righteous. Now, the first thing I want to, I want to point out to us is our mindsets need to change. As we look at one another, as we look at one another, we should look at one another as family. Let me say this again. As we look at one another, we should look at one another as family. When you all look at me, what do you see? Do you look past the color and see your brother? Brother Joseph Peter said something, and I, and I loved it when he said it. He said, we are a family on the highest level possible. What y'all think about that? We are on, on, we are family on the highest level possible. So if you're not looking at me, if I'm not looking at you at that highest level possible, then we're doing a disservice to one another. And so we can be right, but not be righteous. What, Brother Sean, let's break this down together. When you look at 1 Peter, the chapter is 1 and verse 22. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Notice what the Bible says. He says, since you have an obedience to the truth, purify your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. Fervently, fervently love one another from the heart. Why did Peter have to write this to individuals who are being scattered, who are being persecuted. You know, the last thing that we need to do is devour one another, to bite and devour one another. And oftentimes in the church, this is exactly what takes place. We are biting and devouring one another in a world, in a world that's trying to divide us, in a world that's trying to scatter us. And so Peter tells them, he says, since you have an obedience to the truth, purify your souls. He said, now you need to keep cleansing your souls for a sincere love. He says, now he gives them sincerely love the brethren, not from, not from the mouth, but from the heart. So let's look at this. When I ask the question or make the statement, you can be right, but not righteous. On Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, when you see your brothers and sisters, when you go up to greet them, do you go up and greet them because it's the right thing to do? Do you go up and greet them because well, I don't want the preacher saying anything or the elders or anyone saying I'm not speaking. So I go up and speak because others are looking at me or it is to tradition. See, when Paul says to greet one another with a holy kiss, the question is, is the greeting the command or the command to be holy? Paul says to greet one another, yes, but with a holy kiss. See, the kiss is the custom, but greeting, but the greeting he wanted, the holiness comes from the heart. And many times we greet one another, but we may not even like one another. Many times we, we go and shake that person's hand or we act like we're busy because we do not want to speak. And, and let me say this to us. You all, introverts, introverts cannot, cannot be successful uh, in the plan of God if you are an introvert. When we go into the watery grave of baptism, we're supposed to lose who we are. Now, I know this is, a, this is a process, but we should be working past these things. 
we should be working past these things. I remember when uh, we went and visited a congregation uh, up Northwest and, and, and some of the sisters had been to Tyler Town before. And we, we, we was in the building, we went up and greeted everybody. There was no COVID going on, this was way before COVID. And the sister said to another sister, uh, uh, you gotta understand, they're huggers. This was her statement, they are huggers. And what came went through my mind, what do we supposed to be? If I don't look at, if you don't look at me as your brother, or, or, or we don't look at each other as brothers or sisters, uh, then we don't understand what God has for us and how we should conduct ourselves when we are around one another. When you go into your mother's house, do you just throw your hand up and say, hey, mom, and go, go into the next room? Uh, uh, hey, sister, if you haven't seen them in a while, do you go up and give them a, a, a greeting of, of, of kinmanship uh, between family? Well, like I said before, we are, we are family at the highest level. Go up to verse number 13 of, of uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. When you look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, the Bible says, therefore, prepare, prepare your minds for action. So I'm going to ask the question, what are we preparing our minds for? What are we coming into the congregation of God for? What is our goals? Do we truly look at one another as family? And, and you all, let me tell you this while we're right here. You can be prejudiced and not be a racist. You can still be prejudiced. A lot of us sometimes are prejudiced. You may not be a racist, but we are prejudiced toward one another. All the time, it's not about color. It's about success. It's, it's about you know our children. It's about things that we have. Many times, there's prejudices that take place in the Lord's in the Lord's church that ought not to be. We are prejudiced about someone's talent. Someone can sing better. Someone has the ability to articulate and put lessons together. Do you understand that that these talents come from God? So the question is, what am I preparing my mind for? Let's keep going. He says, keep sober in the spirit, fixing your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He said, prepare your mind uh, for action. Keep sober. Don't be drunken on the world. Don't be drunken on the world. We as the family of God should not conduct ourselves as the world conducts itself. We as the family of God should not conduct ourselves as the world conducts itself. Now, verse number 14 is my favorite verse out of 1 Peter. Uh, because what it says, now, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 is beautiful as well, that Christ has, has left us an example to follow in his footsteps, you know, for this purpose. That's a beautiful scripture. But if I don't get verse 14, I'm not going to follow chapter 2, verse number 21. Watch what the Bible says here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust which was your which it were yours in your ignorance. So, so let's stop there. He says, as obedient children, many times in our household, our children are not obedient. Listen to what I'm saying. They may obey us because I don't want punishment. I don't want things taken away from me. I don't want to lose my privileges to go certain places. So therefore, I do what mom and dad says do. But this is not what Peter is writing here. When Peter used the term obedient, he means that we have bought in to God's plan and we're conforming to God daily. I'm looking like him every day. 
I'm looking like him every day. I'm conforming to his will. I believe in his way. I believe in his plan. I believe in his church and I'm conforming to that. If you really want to see if your children are obedient, wait till they graduate high school. Wait till they graduate high school. You'll start to see did they buy into what you were teaching. You will see if they're still going to be faithful to God to come into church. They've been coming to worship with you 10 years, 18 years coming to worship with you. And day one of college, they veer off from God. Why? They never was obedient to Christ. They never was obedient to God's plan. This term that Peter uses for obedient means that you are buying into the plan and I'm looking like him. You can tell by, by the members of the Lord's congregation who's buying into the plan, who's late every Sunday, who's not there on Wednesday, not because they're working, not because of things, because I'm just not coming. See, are we truly conform conforming? See, what do we mean by you can be right, but not righteous? I could show up for worship service, but my mind is not in worship service. So yes, I did the right thing by about, uh, I did the right thing and I came to worship, but I'm not even participating. I'm not even singing. I'm not even praying. I'm not even listening to the message or taking notes on what's going on. Sometimes you all, we can be right, but not righteous. And we wonder why we stumble. We wonder why we fail with many things that goes on in our life. We wonder why we pray over the same thing over and over again, because some of us honestly have not bought in to God's plan. We, we, we don't trust God. Now, some people say, brother, don't say that. But look at our actions. Our actions show that some of us do not trust God. Let's look at the Bible. Let me show you what I mean. In 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 21, watch how Peter writes this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example to follow in his footsteps. The Bible says, who committed nor sin, was not, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. Christ didn't make up things. Christ didn't make up a lot. Sometimes we are wrong and people come and tell us we're wrong and we want to make up something to try to get people off of us or push the, push the conversation off of us or push, or, push, or push the subject off of us when we are wrong. But the Bible says that, that Jesus didn't do this. He did not have any deceit. Watch what the Bible says. Was any deceit found in his mouth? And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats. Why not? But he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. How many of us truly trust God? How many of us truly trust God's plan? How many of us truly trust God's son? Look at our actions. The Bible says all the suffering Christ went through, he did not turn from God. All the suffering he went through, he did not turn his faith from God, his trust from God. He knew that God was going to prevail. He knew that. He knew that. But many of us, we will not allow God to lead our lives. And yes, we may come to worship. That's the right thing to do. We may come up and speak. That's the right thing to do. But, but we don't speak holy. We don't greet holy, some of us. Not all of us, some of us. Here's your challenge. I want to challenge all of you all that are listening. This coming Sunday, family, and get up out of your seat. Go and greet someone with love. Go and talk to our visitors. Don't let our visitors come through the door. They don't know the building. They don't know you. 
and they're sitting there isolated. I know the elders may be greeting the visitors. I know uh, some of the, the preacher may be greeting the visitors or the deacons may be greeting the visitors. But what about you? Sometimes we get so caught up in, in hurry up trying to get to the buffet that we miss out on, on fellowship that is needed. How are we going to deal with mental illness? How are we going to deal with loneliness? How are we going to deal with these things if the church itself is not opening itself up to individuals? How is it that people in the congregation are going through depression, going through isolation, feeling like I have no one to talk to? How fast do your parking lot empty? When service is over, how fast does that parking lot empty? What are we coming and congregating for? What are we coming and congregating for? Are we trusting in God? Are we trusting in God? Now watch what he says. We're going to go over to 1 Peter uh, chapter 3 now, 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 1, remember I told you about submission? Uh, in, in 1 Peter chapter, ch chapter 3, and, and I don't have time to teach this one to uh, my married folks, but if you look at 1 Peter chapter 3, and you start at verse number 1, I want you to notice something here. I'm going to give you this little bit here, this little side note for, for our wives, for our husbands, for our future wives and our future husbands. Listen to what he says. 1 Peter 3, 1, in the same way you wives. What does he mean in the same way? I don't know. What, what, Peter, where are you going with this when you say in the same way? Where Peter is telling the wife, just like Jesus did, you do. Just like Jesus did, you do. You submit too. I want you to submit to your own husband. He may not be fair. He may not be right. He may not, he, he may not be saved, but I want you to submit to him. Render up what is owed to him because you did choose him. So when you look at this, he goes down to verse number seven. He says, you husbands in the same way. Many times this is taught in the same way as the wives. No, he said, in the same way of Christ, you husbands, render up. Give your wife what is due her. Love her as Christ loves the church. Just like Christ was the example, you be the example in the same way. Then he comes down and he's going to give a summation here. He's going to sum everything up. In verse number eight, he says, to sum up, all of you be harmonious. So Peter says, to sum everything up, I want all of you to be harmonious. Now, I want you all to understand something. Being in harmony does not mean that we agree. That's not what that means. When he says, I want you to be harmonious, be of the same mind, being of the same mind does not mean that we agree on everything. What that means is that we agree on the ultimate goal. We agree on the purpose, souls need to be saved. We, we agree on the plan of salvation and how souls are saved through Jesus Christ. And we believe that heaven is our eternal destination. When you have those things as your goal, then what color the carpet is, is not gonna matter. I didn't want blue carpet. I wanted brown carpet. But for us to be, for us to get this done, for the goal that we're trying to reach, I agree with that. I'm harmonious with my brethren. Even though I did not like that color, I'm harmonious with them because this is gonna take us forward versus arguing over carpet and never getting the carpet put down. He says, I want you to be harmonious. He didn't say you was going to agree on everything. Because notice back in, 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 in 1 Peter 3, 1, the wife does not agree with an unbelieving husband. 
but she's going to be harmonious with him because hope, uh, hopefully he will be saved. Hopefully Jesus will be the Lord of his life. And the same thing with the husband. So he says, I want you to be of the same mind that we understand what the ultimate purpose is. If we understood what the ultimate purpose was, then it wouldn't be any falling out in the congregation of God. Churches wouldn't split. Churches wouldn't split. Some preachers wouldn't just jump up and leave. Hello, if we were harmonious, that we understood what is the ultimate goal. We understood who we serve and that we are servants, that we are servants. So he said, first of all, I want you to be harmonious. When you look at Philippians, the chapters four, there were two women that were having problems with one another. And Paul wrote to Eurotia and Syntyche. Well, no, I'm sorry. He wrote to the church and he, he told them to tell Eurotia and Syntyche to live in harmony. Let's go to Philippians chapter four for just a second. We will come right back to first Peter. Philippians chapter four. And we're going to come right back here to uh, first Peter. In Philippians, the, the book of Philippians, Philippians, the chapter here is four. Watch what the Bible says. In verse number one, two is the key verse. Philippians chapter four, verse one. He said, therefore, my beloved brethren, Philippians four and one, therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see my joy and crown in this way, stand firm in, in the love, my beloved. He said, I urge Eurodi and Syntyche to live in harmony for in the Lord. He said, I want these women to live in harmony, to be of the same mind, to look at what is the goal? What is the ultimate goal here? Some of us stand in front of the will of the Lord. Some of us, some of us hinder the plan of God because of what we feel. We don't want to be harmonious. Who's going to make the decision? Who's going to be in charge? Well, we are all servants. Why don't we try being a servant and see what can we do? Brothers, what is needed? What do you all need from me? He says to these women, and think about this letter being read out in front of the entire congregation. This letter was read out in front of the entire congregation. He says, I urge them to live in harmony. Let the plan of God be our guide. That's what helped us make righteous decisions. That's what, that's what helped us make righteous decisions. Because we say harmony, it doesn't mean that we're going to agree on everything. What that says is the ultimate goal, everyone agrees on that. Everyone agrees that souls need to be saved. Everyone believes that Jesus is the way. And everyone believes that heaven is our eternal destination. If we keep those things in front of us, then family, we're going to do everything we possibly can to make sure that God's plan is successful. So what is your challenge? That you're going to get out of your seats come Sunday. You're going to go in fellowship. You're going to go and shake hands. You're going to go in, well, we, I know we're not hugging and things of that nature, but you're going, to, you're going to allow folks to know that you're glad to see them because you're my brother. You're my sister, and I'm glad to see you. I'm not just going to come to worship because it's right. I'm going to be righteous because I believe in God's plan, and I love his people. And let me say this to you all as well, family. Now, I always like, like, like to use the term family because I'm not your friend. I'm your brother. I am your brother in Christ, the highest, the highest family ever. 
when, when you look at this, I, I want you all to understand something. When we look at the term family or we, or we look at one another, our conduct, we should always give the family double honor. We should always give the family double honor. Paul says, do good to all men, uh, Galatians 6 and 10. He says, especially those of the household of faith. Those of the household of faith receives double honor. How many of us are truly giving our brothers and sisters double honor? How many of us? I'm trying to think about that for a minute. Remember I said, we can be prejudiced and not be racist, but we can still be prejudiced. How many of us look at our brothers and sisters, look at their need, and we step out and we aid and we help and we love because that is my brother. You are worth it. How do I know you're worth it? Because God died for your sin. If Jesus died for your sin, then you are worth it. And if then if you are worth it, each individual should conduct ourselves in a manner to treat that soul the way that Christ would treat them, the way that Christ would treat them. So many of us, oh yeah, we do the right things, but are we righteous? Let's go back to First Peter. Let's go back to First Peter. When you look at First Peter, back in verse, uh, chapter three, in verse number eight, First Peter three eight, First Peter three and eight. Look at what the Bible says here again. He says to be a harmonious, and he says to be sympathetic. How many of us shows compassion? How many of us show compassion? You all, a few weeks ago, we buried our, our, my, my cousin. Uh, he was a young man who died at the border uh, saving two immigrants that came across into the water. He got them safely across and the current took him under. He ultimately lost his life. But one thing they said that this young man would always say, be courteous and be kind. Be courteous and be kind. How many of us are truly courteous and kind? When folks come through that door, do they see friendly faces? You all, I started standing on the door over 30 years ago for the church. And I started in the church in Jackson. I wasn't the preacher, but I would look at some of the people as they come through the door and how some of the people standing around and standing at the door were standing there just with sour, sour disposition, like they were just angry to be there. And so I wanted when people came to that door that they, they saw a friendly, warm face that greeted them with love and that was glad to see them. How many of us are courteous and kind? How many of us, we have an open spirit? When people come in, they're glad to see us. They're glad to see us because how we conduct ourselves. Christians should always be courteous and kind. Peter tells this group who is being scattered all over the place, who's lost loved ones, who's been, who's been uh, some of them have been tortured. Some of them have, have, have lost their property that's been in their family for years, maybe. And, and here we are maybe trying to devour one another. And Peter says, listen, I want you to have compassion to one another. Do you all sometimes stop to see where people came from? What did they have to endure? Do you know that every country is not equal? Do you know that every people can't change their country the way we are in America? Have you ever been in a third world country and see how the government works? You know that some people cannot fight or change their country or change their country's stance. If you haven't gotten outside your box to actually see that. Everybody don't, doesn't have uh, equal opportunity, not even in this country. 
You may think that there's equal opportunity. There's not equal opportunity. There's equal opportunity with God, but there's not equal opportunity with this country. No, no it's not. Unless you have been there and see what uh, certain people have seen, you would understand where we're coming from. The Bible says to be compassionate. And one thing we as Christians, and I can't talk for the world, but we as Christians, we should always strive to be compassionate to our brothers and sisters. Because I don't know what you had to do. I don't know what you had to go through. Some people didn't have to go through the things that I went through and, and vice versa. But can we show compassion before we are condescending we make statements like everybody got this and I did this. I saw the young lady who went to college and, and she got a job and she said, oh, I went through college. I didn't get any, I didn't get any debt. I didn't make any debt. I didn't have any, any bills. And, and that's great. But sweetheart, everybody don't have that opportunity. The, uh, different areas are, are, are different. Cost of living is different. If you go to California and you come to Mississippi, the cost of living is different. The area is different. Do we have compassion when we look at one another, what our children are going through in California is different than what they're going through in Mississippi. Do we look at one another with compassion? If we're going to save souls, if we're going to keep people in the congregation of God, then we have to be compassionate. See, if you're compassionate, then you can be harmonious. If you're compassionate, you can be harmonious. Let's go to the next thing that he says. He goes on here and says, he says, be brotherly. Now, now New American Standard used the term brotherly, but this is brotherly love. This, this is, you have brotherly love for someone. How many of us, we truly love our brethren? Have you ever thought about that we were lost? We were lost at one time and thank God that we are saved. And it was nothing that you did, it was, it was what Christ did. Have you ever stopped to think that God, I was on my way to hell and you saved me. You saved me from myself. And how am I displaying that love that God displayed to me when I didn't deserve heaven, I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve to be saved. Do I have brotherly kindness? When, 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 Pete, when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? He asked him three times. Two times he asked Peter the same thing. On the third time, he asked Peter something different. The first time he asked Peter, do you agape me? Peter said, I phileo you. He said, tend my sheep. The second time he said, Peter, do you agape me? Peter said, Lord, I phileo you. He said, shepherd my sheep. The third time God said to Peter, Peter, do you phileo me? Peter said, wait a minute now. I already told him I phileo him. And he, and now he's asking me, do I phileo him? Do you really have brotherly love for me? If you have brotherly love for me, then you're going to do what I say do. If you have brotherly love for me, you're going to take care of my people. You're going to shepherd my people. You're going to tend to my people. How many of us have brotherly love for one another. See, if we're going to be the children of God that he would have us to be, we just can't do what's right. We must strive for righteousness because it's right. We must strive for righteousness because it is right. See, the, see, the Samaritans may have been doing what was right, worshiping God. But Jesus told the woman, you don't know what you worship. You only took the first five books, which is the Samaritan Pentateuch. You didn't even take, you didn't even take the, the prophets. You didn't even take the history. You only took the first five books. So sure, you are worshiping. That's the right thing to do. But with the wrong attitude, makes you not righteous. It makes you unrighteous. We should strive to be righteous, not just doing the right thing. Are you becoming obedient children uh, to God? Are you conforming 
to God and becoming his children. Look back still in 1 Peter chapter 3. He says here, with brotherly love. Then he said, kind-hearted. And this, this word is a cousin to the word uh, sympathetic, compassion. See, I can't be kind. If I'm kind-hearted, uh, I can't be leave off kind-hearted and be, have brotherly kindness. I can't leave off brotherly kindness and show compassion. I can't leave off compassion and be of the same mind. It's, it's impossible to do these things. It's impossible. So we're asking the question, are you just striving to be right? Or are we striving to be righteous? A beautiful illustration of this, and maybe I'll come back on and teach this later, but a beautiful illustration of this is what you all know as the Good Samaritan. Now, I don't like calling that, that, uh, that, actually, that parable the Good Samaritan, and I actually do not call it that. And I'm going to take you all there for just a second in the book of Luke. I want you all to go there with me. In the book of Luke, in chapter, chapter is 10. I'm going to give you just a little, little, a little summation of this right here. In Luke, uh, the chapter is 10 here. When you look at Luke chapter 10, it starts in verse 30. You know, in my book, it says the Good Samaritan. I actually scratched that title out because this is not what Jesus taught on at all. He did not teach on a Good Samaritan. What Jesus taught on was how to be a good neighbor. That's what he taught on, how to be a good neighbor. When you look at verse number uh, 25 of Luke chapter 10, verse 25 of Luke chapter 10, watch what the Bible says. And, and a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So the right thing to do is to ask, what do I need to do? I want eternal life. But was he striving to be righteous? This individual was not striving to be righteous. Oh, he wanted to be right in front of everybody. And you all, if anybody should have knew, should know what salvation was, it should have been him. He was a, he was a teacher of the law. He was a lawyer. He was a student of the law. He knew what the law, he knew what the prophet says. He, he knew these things. He goes on and says, and he said to him, what is written in the law? What does, how does it read to you? And he answered, you should love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Now watch, now watch Jesus' response, you all. Watch his response. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and live. See, if you wanted to be righteous, you would follow these instructions. I'm good. Okay, Jesus, I got the instructions. I'm going to do this and live. But when I just want to be right, and I'm not striving to be righteous, I'm going to ask the next question. The next question, but wishing to justify himself. He said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus just told him what he knew, needed to do was live, how to live. Now, most people would say, well, Brother Sean, he's just asking the question, who's his neighbor? That's all he's asking. No, no, no. But he's saying to Jesus, who's good enough to receive my attention? Who is good enough to be in my presence? Who is good enough for me to go and talk to or to make him my neighbor? Who's good enough? Because not everyone can be my neighbor, is what he's saying to Jesus. See, everybody can't be my neighbor. Everybody's not good enough to be in my presence. This is what he's saying. And so Jesus, in turn, gives him a parable. See, the question is, am I just striving to be right, or do I want to be righteous? Let me ask y'all one more question. Would you serve God if, he, if you read there was no hell? 
everyone's going to heaven. Would you still go to worship every Sunday? Would you still go and give God praise? Would you still go up and want to suck with Christ every Sunday because he died for you on the cross when there's, when there's no hell? Or will we start making excuses? Well, I got in late. I was out all day Sunday. I had to work in my garden. I had to work in the yard. I, my car broke down and all these things. When we start making excuses about why we couldn't come to worship him because there's no hell. See, the question is, am I striving to be righteous or am I just striving to be right? See, going to worship, I, I often tell Tyler Town, is the ABCs of Christianity. That's the least you can do is show up. That's the least you can do. That's like going to school. Well, the least you can do is show up. The least you can do is put your name on the paper, on the test. That's the least you can do is put your name on the test. But how many of us would show up if God said, there's no hell? You're not going to lose your soul. But I want you to come see me every Sunday. Every Sunday, I want you there. How many of us would get up and come to worship every Sunday? See, I often tell the congregation, are we serving God because I don't want to go to hell? If I, or am I serving God because he's worthy to be served? Am I serving God because I don't want to go to hell? Am I serving God because he truly deserves to be worshiped and served? Because if we do, then our life should reflect that. Let's go back to first Peter. Let's go back to first Peter for my time run out. Let's go back to first Peter. We do, we sh our lives should reflect that. You look at first Peter, when you look at first Peter, the chapters three again, first Peter chapter three, and look at verse number eight again, the last, the last uh, state that he gives us there. He's a kind hearted and humbled in spirit. How many of us as children of God are humble in spirit. When you look at that term, we told the, the church in First uh, Peter chapter two, verse twenty-two. He says, "And fervently love one another." So I want y'all to look at this. You look at humble in spirit and fervently love one another. That word fervent. I want you to picture a rubber band on your hands, and you expanding that rubber band out as high as far as you can get it, and you making it bend, bend, bend. It's almost about to break, but you're stretching it to its limits. Peter says, I want you to fervently love one another. I want you to have a heart of compassion, a humble spirit that your brother needs to be saved. He needs love and he needs fellowship. And you're going to expand yourself as far as you can. Or some of us, we don't even just open up the rubber band and close it back. Because we don't want to be expanded out. We don't want to be expanded out. Let's go back and look at that one more time because I don't want you to miss that. First Peter, first Peter, chapter 2, verse number 22. 1 Peter 2.22, 1 Peter 2.22, he says, since you have an obedience to the truth, purify your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love, fervently love. How many of us fervently love one another? Uh, brother brother uh, Jerry Graham always makes this, not always, but he made this statement that always sticks with me. Let me say it that way. He made a statement that always sticks with me. He said, man, we are good at subtracting people, but we're not good at adding folks. We're good at running people off. But how many of us are good at working so hard to, to try to keep a person there? How often time, I can't believe so-and-so left the church. How many of us fervently tried to keep them there? How many of us extended ourselves and extended ourselves? Let me take you to lunch. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's go off somewhere and, and discuss what is going on, but we can be better for you. How many of us extended ourselves and we just let them walk off? How many of us for years we allow people just to ride the peak? We never encourage them to get off that peak. We never encourage them to get off that peak. 
You all, let me ask you a question for this point. How many people have you brought to Christ up to this point? Brother Malcolm Hill said, if our soul, if our salvation, depending on how many people we brought to Christ, what would we do? If our soul and our salvation was dependent upon how many people we brought to Christ, what would we do? What would we do? Amen. So when you look at this, he says fervently, extend yourself out. That, that word goes right along with what Jude said in Jude 3, when he said to defend the faith. That term is like a boxing match that you're going, that you're sweating, going after it, doing everything in your power to make sure that this takes place. Look at chapter 2 of 1 Peter. Look at chapter 2 of 1 Peter. Look at chapter 2 of 1 Peter. I want you to look at verse number uh, 12, uh, verse number 1. 1 Peter, chapter 2. I want you to look at verse number one. Watch what the Bible says here. First Peter 2, 1. He said, therefore, putting aside all malice, all deceit, and all hypocrisy, all envy, and all slander. And watch verse, verse, 20, verse 2. Now, I don't mean to run over verse 1 because it's highly important. I don't have the time to teach it to, tonight. But look at verse 2. He says, like newborn babes long for, long for. It's your life depends on this milk. Your life depends on on the word of God. Do, do we understand as children of God that our life depends on God's word? How can I extend when I have nothing put in me? How can I be righteous when I'm not longing for the word? You ever notice how a baby longs for the word? It cries and cries and cries and cries and cries and it gets louder and louder and louder because it's hungry and it needs milk. That milk helps it grow. That milk calms its body. It needs that milk. And how many of us, we long for the word till it comes us. We wonder why so many people are on uh, mental medication. And you all, I know about mental condition, uh, PTSD. That's something I've dealt with for almost 30 years. So I understand mental situations. But the question I'm asking, how many of us are longing for the peace that God has? How many of us are longing for the peace that God offers? Are we just striving to do what's right, going through the motion, and we're treating the church, we're treating worship like it's a ritual, like it's a ritual, and like we're not coming in the presence of God. Don't just strive to be right. Desire to be righteous. Desire to sincere milk. Expand yourself as far as you can expand yourself to try to save souls, and to keep souls. Let me give you one more before our time runs out. When we look at the term striving to be righteous, I want you to go to Romans for a second. The book of Romans, the chapter is 12. The book of Romans, the chapter is 12. And I want us to look at verse number, I think I'm gonna start for time's sake, verse number 17. Romans, the chapter is 12. Now let me back it back, let me back it back. Romans chapter 12, verse number 10. Romans 12, 10. Beloved, he says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. That's what Peter said. Be devoted to one another. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. How many of us are devoted to one another? How many? 
How many of us, you are, we have such a relationship in the congregation. If someone passes out, if someone gets sick, we possibly know what's going on. Are they diabetic? Is their blood pressure up? How many of us know these things? How many of us know that, that brothers or sisters so-and-so can't eat this? They can't eat this. How many of us know these things? He says, with brotherly love, giving preference to one another. How many of us give preference to one another? How many of us are put our buddy over our brothers and sisters in Christ? How many of us have put our buddy, our best friend, over our brothers and sisters in Christ? Let me go a little bit deeper. How many, many of us have put our unbelieving children, our unbelieving spouse, over our brothers and sisters in Christ? What did I say? We are a family at the highest level, as high as you can go. The family of God is high as you can go. We are family at the highest level. We have to look at one another through the eyes of God. We, got, we have to look, each other, look at each other in that manner. He goes on and says, giving preference to one another, not lagging behind with diligence, fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, contributing to the needs of the saints. See, I'm right for coming to worship. I'm right for coming back to the evening, to, to night service. I'm right for coming on Wednesdays. But, but what am I devoting to, to, the, to the church? What am I devoting to my brothers and sisters? Who do I visit? Who do I visit? Who do I give time to? We got we got orphanage here in Mississippi and I ask people, how many of you all go up to the orphanage and, and visit folks? I mean, people argue and march about abortion. And I don't support abortion, but we got orphanages everywhere. And we can't get people to go in and give these young children time, the, the, the serious time that they need because they need it. They need to know that someone loves them. They need to know that God loves them, that God loves them. We have a young, a young kid right now in the orphanage, and he, he made the statement, I know that there is a God. Now, before, he did not believe in God. He said, I know that there is a God. And then all of us was like, wow, we were stunned because this kid did not believe in God. But he saw the people of God loving on him. And every time he comes to the congregation, he's been loved on, given that, that, that warmth and those hooks. No, we're not his daddy. No, we're not his mother. No, we're not his, his physical brothers. But we're trying to fill that void with as much love as we possibly can. He says, bless those who persecute you and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. There it is again. Be of the same mind. You may not agree on everything, but you have to agree on the plan. You have to agree, you have to agree on salvation, and you have to agree, agree on what's the ultimate goal of leaving this, of leaving this place here. He goes on and says, Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be halting mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men, if possible. I like this. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. He says, never take your own revenge below. He says, but leave room for the wrath of God. That's, that sounds exactly what Peter wrote. He kept on entrusting the one who judges righteously. God judges righteously. I'm going to wait on him. And I hope my, that these folks get it right. I don't want to see them go to hell. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray that they get it right. 
It's like the shooting that was in Buffalo. Man, I pray that someone go to this young man and share the gospel with him. I pray that. And I prayed that prayer, that he has an opportunity to obey the gospel. He may have had it before, but I want someone else to go to him and, and try to share Jesus with him because he needs Jesus. He needs Jesus. Many times we want to cut people off when he's still worth it as well. But Brother Sean, he killed several people when he did. But Jesus still says that he's worth it. He's worth, he's worth saving. He's worth saving. Thank God that we serve a God that looks at you and says that you are worth saving no matter what you have done in the past, no matter how you have lived. But we as a church, we need to do a better job of being righteous. We need to do a better job of showing love. We need to get up out of, out, out of our seats. We need to visit those who are ailing. We need to visit, visit our elderly. We need, to visit, we need to visit those who do not have parents. And we need to be the example that they need to see. And we need to allow them to see Christ in us. We need to allow them to see Christ in us. Let me close it out here. He says, for, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But, in your, but, in, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. But if, if, for in doing so, you will uh, heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So we quote these things. And let me say this before we close. Let me say this. You all stop using the term and stop saying we're Bible quoting, Bible toting. That's not good enough. Sure, that's the right thing to do. But being righteous is we're Bible quoting, Bible applying. We are applying those things that we are learning. If you're just quoting them, what good does it do? You're just Bible quoting, Bible toting, what good does that do? We need to be Bible quoting, Bible applying. I'm applying those things that I'm learning. Because if not, what good does it do? You all, I say he came down and died a horrific life. The Bible says he was scourged for our sins. Isaiah said he was marred more than any man, and his body was marred more than any man. That word marred, grossly detest. His flesh was literally torn from the bone, torn over and over and over again. The Bible says he didn't even look human. When they brought him back to Pilate, Pilate said, behold the man. And the Hebrews beginning chanting, crucify him, crucify him. He said, take him away and crucify him. So he gave him back to the soldiers. Now, you all, there's nothing to allow us to know how the soldiers treated him once Pilate gave him back to him a second time. They took our Savior and they began to make him carry his own cross. It was too much for him to bear on that body that was torn, flesh hanging, organs possibly exposed. Body hemorrhaging. Simon of Serene came and helped him carry that cross. They begin to nail him there when they got into the place called Agatha, the place of a skull. Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As he hung between two thieves, one thing's one thief heart changed. And he told the he asked Christ to remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Today you, you will be a me in paradise. Jesus said, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachana, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? because he was bearing the sins of the world. His final statement, it is finished. I have made provisions for mankind to be reconciled back to God, to have a relationship with God. 
through, through me, I became the payment propitiation for sin. Jesus came up out of the grave on the third day, met with his disciples and many others. Uh, as before he left, he gave them some final instructions. And one set, one set of instructions he gave them was to go and preach the gospel. Go tell the world how I died, was buried, and rose again. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You all, we, we just don't want to go down in the water or grave or baptism and come up and keep doing the same old thing. We want to start becoming obedient. Paul said, I buffet my body daily that after the preaching of the gospel, I too will not be a castaway. I don't want to be a castaway, and I definitely don't want you to be a castaway either. This lesson is yours. I pray that something tonight will cause you to think, will cause you to get up, and to be more active in God's, in God's kingdom. The Bible says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You all, we'll, we'll work in a few people today when we could be more proactive and involved in God's kingdom with a loving heart, tender spirit, brotherly love, compassion, and with, a, with harmonious of mind. May God bless each and every one of you all. <laughs> Brother Sean. Yes. That's one of the most challenging lessons we've heard on digital Bible study in quite some time, man. Um, yes, sir. Simple, but uh, amazingly uh, challenging to, to apply it every day of our lives. Um, yes, sir. Keep, keep the focus outward on others and, and living harmonious with them and to go to the do the steps to, to in order to be righteous. Uh, great, great distinction you made there about being right versus righteous. I think that'll stick with everybody in our, in our audience for ho hopefully for quite some time, man. Appreciate it, man. That was that was outstanding. Mm, mm, Eric, Eric, Eric's not here. Eric's not here. I'm trying not. That was that was fantastic, yeah. sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh man, I did have one one sister. One more time, just right here at the end. I'd ask what congregation do you preach for again? Uh, Tyler Town Church of Christ. You can follow us on uh, Facebook at Tyler Town Church. Of Let me slow it down. I'm sorry, y'all. I talk fast. Tyler Town Church of Christ in Tyler Town, Mississippi. And we are on Facebook as well. All our lessons on Facebook. And so you're welcome to, to, to view any of you. have any questions, please reach out to me. I do my best to give you a Bible answer for a Bible question as well. There you go. There you go. Well, um, thank you once again, brother. And uh, I know I, I, I will uh, be uh, in great trouble with our audience if, if I don't get you back <laughs> on the schedule just real soon. So, uh, Away uh, from my phone Thank call or, or text or however it is. I forget how I get a hold of everybody. I'm, I'll get with you sometime. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, brother. Family, thank you, guys. I'm truly honored, brother. I am. Yeah. Hey, appreciate you. Love you for coming on and for the good work you're doing, brother. And we'll have you back again real, real soon. Yes, sir. sir. Have a good night, brother. Uh-oh. What did I do? I pressed one too many buttons. There we go. Okay. Whew. <laughs> I thought I'd just shut everything down all, all, uh, accidentally there. Uh, but we're still here. Again, thanks, Sean, for coming on and, and doing that outstanding job for us. Um, uh, and there it is. I couldn't get couldn't get the word, couldn't get through without saying the word outstanding at least once. Uh, but uh, what do we have here by way of a prayer request as we start to uh, wrap up the evening tonight? Um, got a few in here. Um, Christine, uh, looks like she's going to be traveling, I think she said, with her sister uh, to uh, Pennsylvania over the weekend and asking prayers for a um, a safe travel um and kenneth had a long list of names and it actually 
the the list that I get, I think, chops it off after a certain number of characters. And I didn't see the full list, but it looked like a bunch of a bunch of friends and family members. There were probably twelve or fifteen names on that list. Uh, I did not get them all written down, but Kenneth, we will uh, say a prayer on that request. Uh, and if those of you can find it there in the chat. Um, and add that some some of those names to your prayer prayer list. I think that would be as great as well. Um, uh, Therese is asking us to pray for the Shepherd family. Um, Charles was an elder in the church at Alabama, in, in somewhere in Alabama, and he passed away. I think we prayed uh, for Charles the other day. Um, James uh, was asking prayers for himself uh, for uh, um, faithfulness in general that, that the steps would be in the right order with God. Is also also asking us to pray for his brother, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but Hurtis, the junior, and then Ralph, uh, and then also his grandson Josiah, uh, and he says they're all members of the body of Christ, and we're thankful for that, and we'll we'll add them to our prayers as well. And Jacqueline is asking us to pray for Beverly, who is in ICU with um, with pneumonia. So um, those are the ones that I have on the list. So if you will, it's a uh, Join together and, and have this word of prayer as we, uh, um, uh, well, just join together and have this word of prayer with me. Holy Father, it is uh, just another wonderful night to be with your family, uh, to be in your presence. We are thankful for uh, the encouragement that we can draw from each other and the, the time that we get to spend with each other here these nights and to be encouraged and challenged from your word. Uh, we're thankful tonight for Shun and for the uh, capable way, admirable way, which he handled your word and the fine point that he put on it uh, with the calm and um, caring demeanor that allows us to hear those words clearly. We're thankful for who he is, what he said tonight. Um, we, More importantly, hopefully that we can find a way to make true applications and consistent applications of those thoughts within our lives so that we do more than just focus on being right, that we seek to be righteous in all of our deeds. Um, we're mindful tonight of several that are having issues. We're uh, hoping that Christine has a uh, safe trip. I know this is a weekend that a lot of people travel, so uh, we pray for Christine, especially for her sisters. They are on the road. Uh, we know we have many others that are traveling, and so we ask your blessings upon them as they uh, go through that effort. Um, we're also mindful for all of the friends and family that uh, Kenneth mentioned uh, that look like a, a long list and don't know the situation for, for each of them. But we do pray for, for all of his uh, uh, loved ones that he's concerned about this evening. We uh, pray that whatever the specifics of their, their lives are, uh, that within your omnipotence and, and omniscience, that um, the right things will be done so that they can have faith and have faith grow stronger and um, find ways to live in, in, in harmony with your will. Uh, we're also mindful tonight of the Shepherd family and the passing of Charles. Sounds like he was a long, long time faithful servant in your kingdom. We pray that uh, he is resting in your arms tonight, and we ask your comfort upon the Shepherd family as well. Um, we're mindful tonight of James. We pray for the condition of his soul with his in his walk with you. We pray that his steps are measured right, and that he can be as faithful as possible. We're also praying for his brothers, Hurtis and Ralph, and also for his grandson, Josiah. We're encouraged by the knowledge of their faithfulness, but we pray for their uh, increased um, uh, faithfulness in your work this evening. And we're also then uh, mindful of Beverly, 
critical condition and struggling. We pray that uh, the doctors who are with her in ICU and the nurses can take care of her and try to rectify those uh, conditions that she has struggling with pneumonia. We ask your blessings upon her and upon her family uh, during this time of grief as well. Um, we give you thanks for all things. We give you thanks for the things you give us, for the things you keep from us. We look forward to uh, hopefully another day of uh, life in your blessings so that we can go out and be righteous among the world. It's your son's name that we offer this prayer. And amen. Amen. Oh, and yep, hey, put that in right there at the last. Obviously, everybody don't forget the uh, uh, families of all those out in Texas. I'm, I'm bad oversight on my part in terms of doing that prayer, but um, that is certainly one thing we need to be uh, mindful of as well. Uh, just the, the news about that event just gets worse and worse and more confusing. And man, I, I, there's, I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know what happened out there. That, that just, it just, every time I read something I'm like that can't be true, that, that can't be true. Uh, and maybe it's not, I don't know, Give, given time, I'm sure we'll find this full story, but sometimes that takes a little while to get out. Um, before everybody gets away, uh, Scott Beck was real kind to put the uh, Facebook page of the Tyler Town Congregation there. So you should be at the bottom of your screen. Uh, you should be able to see the link to the Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash TylerTownCoc, which would be the link. Thank you, Scott. Always Johnny on the spots, what they used to say. I don't know where that phrase comes from, but that's what they used to say um, when somebody was like that. And that's always got in these areas um let's go on turn our attention to the uh, uh donations throughout the evening and i have jenny 50 dollars super chat thank you jenny <laughs> thank you jenny uh appreciate that a lot that that is that is very generous uh thank you very much um and then hey not not not, not far behind there at all hey with your 1990 dollars 1999 super sticker um and uh that's the one thing i don't get i don't get the little sticker i just get to notice that it's a super sticker i don't actually get to see what the sticker was but uh appreciate that hey appreciate you doing that for us um and over on the um facebook side let me see what we have over here um one second i gotta load up the right there it is um uh, we got Pearl with 50 stars. Thank you, Pearl. Uh, Patsy with 50 stars. Thank you very much, Patsy. Uh, Jill with 50 stars. Appreciate that, Jill. Uh, Falando with 50 stars. Appreciate that. And then Sobrono with 100 stars. Appreciate that, Sobrono. Um, and then Claudette with 200 stars. Once again, thank you, Claudette. Valletta with 500 stars. Appreciate that very much, Valletta. And then Sandra. With 550 stars. Thank you all for for doing that. Yeah, I don't have got to get Eric back because I don't have the bell. I don't know. He's just been been traveling so much. I can't get. We don't have our bell. So anyway, um, Trish says, "Brother Tony was or is at the ER." Okay, was that who was that? Was that last night? Was it Tony? Was was it Douglas who was at the ER? um earlier this week I, I didn't hear an update on that i don't know if i remember that it's food poisoning if i remember correctly i think that was douglas um but uh hopefully hopefully tony is is doing okay uh and, and, and therese mentions that they're having their 50th anniversary homecoming june 5th at the lumberton church of christ in lumberton mississippi 
And my Mississippi geography is failing me tonight because I don't know where Tylertown is. I should know where I feel like I should know where Lumberton is. That one's that one sounds more familiar to me, but apparently my five years was not enough to get all the little towns in 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 close. That was the weirdest thing, by the way. Move, when I moved out to Texas, people would mention towns, and there's like no it's it's there's no town you could tell me that it's near because it might be near, you know, Lubbock. But that's eight hours away. It doesn't really help. That's different. That was really different. You tell me in the southeast, I can usually figure out pretty close to where a place is. But out there, man, that took a long time to get used to. Uh, but anyway, hope, hope that goes well for you on June 5th. Um, and those homecoming events are always fun. Get to go have some old family members and church members back in town. Hopefully, hopefully they have a good turnout for that. Um, Hattiesburg is north of Lumberton, and Tylertown is west of both. I know where Hattiesburg is. See, I'm at least in the ballpark. Um, anyway, that's what I've got um, for tonight. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, thanks, Sean, for coming on and being with us tonight. Uh, Monday, we are off. So no from the deep end and no connect on Monday. Should, uh, unless something goes wrong, should be back on Tuesday for a full schedule. Uh, and then we will go for that, go from there for the rest of the week. And that's what we have. So be on the lookout for us again uh, the next time we will be on lot. Well, let me clear that up. I, I believe Paul Mays will actually be on tomorrow night in his nine, nine o'clock time slot. Uh, but for at least the part that I do, next time we will be on together will be 8 a.m. Tuesday morning for the next episode of Connect or not or uh, from the deep end. Excuse me. So I'll sign off for the night and we will see you back here, Lord willing, next week. As always, it is our prayer. It will go out and make your days a great, great ones for God. Have a good day, everybody.